long, white, high off life is not <laughs> what we do at the Water Podcast. That is Matt Half White Half Wong's YouTube channel intro. Go check it out. On the Water Podcast, we say that Wong amazing talk for everyone to remember. Where conversation flows and illusions crash. Here I am, back with you. Here we are, doing it again, huh? Alright, what are we getting into? I hope this is the beginning of more digital art that I get into. What I, Well, digital art, digital media, I guess we should say. What would be digital art? NFTs? Yeah, we're definitely not talking NFTs today because I wouldn't even know what to say other than that's amazing. People are buying NFTs. Wild. <laughs> Anyways, we're not... Nothing fungible, non-non-fungible things are going on today, that's for sure, here at the Water Podcast. Now, what I want to get into, actually, is this uh, really awesome Netflix series I just saw based off a comic book by Neil Gaiman called The Sandman. Uh, man, it had me from the get. I was like, oh, wow, this is good. Uh, there's going to be spoilers, so if you haven't watched this, uh, go watch it. It's dope. I'll tell you this, though, for sure, too, because when I start, when I watch art, when I watch movies, I'm always interested in how they portray certain characters, and what I mean is, well, no, what I'm interested is how they use people in certain characters roles and what i mean is uh i'm always like oh wow look how you know when when there has to be some type of conflict you know here comes the doctor with the bad news it's a it's a black person here comes the the police officer to to mess with the you know the main characters and now they use a black person here's the oh wow the most violent thing to happen to somebody in this movie and happy to black people i'm always looking at these kind of uh, the way that they use people of color, the way that they use uh, any type of minority group, and ha- and where they fit them in, you know how how Asians always have to have like an Asian accent, and you know they they have to they always have to fit a certain role, they have to look a certain way, you know. What I will say with this show is it is heavy with black characters. It is heavy with the gays, the L's, the G's, the B's, the T's, and the Q's, everybody. It's heavy with women in leading roles and women of color, too. I mean, it really, honestly, from the get, from the very first episode, I was like, oh, shit, I want to keep watching this. And then, too, they continuously kind of broke down what I thought they would have done typically for Hollywood. Where I would have, you know, there's times when I was like, oh, for sure. I see, look how they're doing these black people. Look what they're doing with the, you know, I, and to their credit, they totally, you know, without giving you a spoiler right now, you know, I would just say, watch it, stick with it. It's good, literally all the way to the last episode. I was like, "What the fuck? What are they? How, how, what's going on here?" I couldn't believe it. It was it was really good. I really like this show, and I want to get into kind of some of the ideas that are crossed in this art. Uh, you know, is art imitating reality? Does reality imitate art? You know what I like about, and I'm gonna. This is gonna be. <laughs> it's probably not going to be what you would expect from somebody uh, talking about a show. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe you know me by now and you know, <laughs> yeah, Matt's going to talk about some shit. Let's just strap in. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. One, I, it's about this. Uh, see, I'm not, I don't even really care about I, I I'm assuming you watched it. 
You got Morpheus, the Dream Lord. He is captured by magic. It's wild, right? I like these. These ideas are kind of crazy, right? Like, you know, it's... So, dream, destiny, despair, desire, death. They're all siblings. And they're all siblings and they have their own realms and they are here to serve mankind in different ways. They exist so that mankind can be pushed to be better. Really interesting. Think about that. Dream, desire, destiny, despair, and death. Super interesting. The show starts out, you got these guys and they lost their sons in, uh, in a war. And the one guy, he goes by, uh, man, what do they call this guy? He wants to be known as the, ah, oh, jeez. He's like, a, he's a sorcerer and he, he ah, oh, man, they use, you know what's cool about this show too is they use big words which I really like. And now here it is. I'm forgetting one of those big words. <laughs> It'll come to me. Here's something I'll say to you. Whenever you can't uh, remember something, a name, a uh, uh, something else, <laughs> rack your mind for it. This is something I got from Schopenhauer. Where he says that uh, you know you should your memory your mind you should treat your mind kind of like uh, like you have it in there you know you have it in there and let me just keep thinking about it until it comes up. For the sake of the podcast, I'm not going to do that, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna just cheat here and I'm gonna see if I could just find that real quick, but uh, and I'm not going to be able to. Because I had to take the, the batteries out of my mouse for this microphone. So if it comes up, it comes up. Anyways, this sorcerer guy, he has old ancient texts on how to apparently call upon death to make death bring back his child. It's crazy, right? It I, it reminds me of time like I like shows or books too I guess because the, the book I'm thinking about when I saw this with some of the themes that 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 come across that you come across where like for instance rich people very very rich people not like not like Bill Gates rich isn't that crazy I'm telling telling you not Bill Gates rich. Because if you think Bill Gates is the richest dude in the world, you're tripping. There is plenty of wealth here before the internet. And just because they allowed this dude to, you know, monopolize computer chips. And they allowed Jeff Bezos to monopolize fucking, you know, uh, fucking packaging things. Like, you know, or the Waltons. And, you know, these people are not. These people aren't it. Okay, they're not what it's all about. There are some people out there. They are on some other shit. I mean, you got to think who were the families that for decades and centuries before them were controlling everything. And maybe you think that's crazy, but come on. You think you think the real richest people in the world, you know, you, you think they're declaring whatever it is they own to fucking Forbes or they care to even be on the list. That's some new, that's some new rich shit. Old money is like, nah, we're in the dark. We're in the shadows. People don't know we're, we're, we're moving shit around. And that's where these kind of storylines are really, I, I find really juicy. This idea that this man is going to, uh, that that he's going to that he's going to capture one of the they call dream destiny desire despair um, 
death. They call them the endless. This idea that they're like, you know, they, they, they have no beginning. They have no end. They have their own realms. And this idea that this human is going to use magic. He's going to use a series of um, incantations along with um, he uses like these he uses like a feather and like um, you know they, it's like he's almost sacrificing things and he's calling upon things like and there's like energy in the room and stuff like that kind of shit to me it's like whoa that's wild like you know are there people that believe in this are there people that think they could do this kind of shit you know who Aleister Crowley is? I know that sounds wild, right? But you know about these, you know, I mean, do not watch like the History Channel on Freemasons or don't watch like fucking National Geographic talk to you about the Illuminati. Like, of course, what? Come on. Imagine if those groups were real. Do you think those outlets are going to tell you that? Do you, th- you think those outlets owned by Disney <laughs> are free? from some type of um, influence by these type of people. You know, I mean, think about the, the these, these secret fraternities, right? Uh, at the schools that are the most prestigious in the world. You know, a hundred years ago, they used to publish the new initiates into the skull and bones in like the uh, the New York Times. That's how big of a deal it was, you know. And you know, if you go way back to, there's a Freemason party in this country. Like this was like a, you know, this was a uh, a uh, political party. And you know, some states, anyways. It's it's not just <laughs> what you think these guys are doing, man. You think they just get together and they they talk about their fantasy teams. You think that's what this shit's about? They have these fucking initiations that they don't tell anybody about. And you just think like, it's just all fucking whatever, you know, think about it anyways. So this shit was interesting. And then here's something else too. I'll, I'll trip you out because, you know, uh, physicists, quantum physicists, like, uh, man, what's that dude's name? Brian green. Um, I don't know if Kaku would say this, Michio. I don't know if he would, if he's considered a quantum physicist, but like Brian Greene, guys like him, what is it? Uh, I'll just stick with Brian Greene. I'm putting it all on you, buddy. (laughs) But these guys, you know, there's this idea now that, you know how like the universe is apparently expanding. There's this, and you know, the multiverse idea is a physicist. It's like a quantum physicist math fucking, you know, they think, Look at this. There's actually a possibility that there's like all these other uh, bubbling ups of universes happening all around us, like a multi a multiverse. Like that's a theory. Like in 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 um, didn't mean to get into this, but I'm almost positive as I've heard people talk about this that this is a theory out there, right? And there's also this theory too, though, that the expanding universe and you know the idea that. Oh, well, if we just had a um, spaceship that we could create to go faster than the speed of light or close to the speed, you'd have to go faster than the speed of light to be able to, to, to get to the end of the universe. But even if you did, which would take, apparently if you got to the, the problem is, is getting a vehicle to go the speed of light is you would need way too much matter and energy to make it happen. It's like impossible, but let's just say you could go faster. Apparently there's, they think that somehow there's something though that would prevent you from passing out of it. So all I do is bring that up to bring up the idea that, wow, what if there were these beings beyond that that could pass in and out like the endless, huh? Wild, right? So I really like this idea of like, this guy using this magic to capture uh, one of the endless and he captures dream 
mistakenly he wanted death. He 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 didn't he didn't do it right. He captures Dream. It's fucking crazy. And then when he captures Dream, now there's no more king of the Dream Realm. So now nightmares and dreams are running wild and people are going sleepless. I was like, oh shit, like you know. And, and what's crazy too is in the beginning he says that in the waking world, this is a Morpheus, like Oneris. He also is known by the names too that they have in this show are of a lot of significance. I am going off top on this, so I'm not I'm not getting into any of these names. But I know, like you know, that the author, this Neil Gaiman guy, man, deep. I could see why when now I hear his name, when I've heard his name, Neil Gaiman uh, attached to comic books, I knew, wow, Neil Gaiman, that, that, that's the name that you go, oh, oh shit, what did he write? What, it's like uh, Alan Moore, like things, you know, Alan Moore did V for Vendetta, Watchmen, amazing uh, series, by the way, way better than the movie. So much better than the movie. The Watchmen, the HBO series or Cinemax series or whatever that came out after the movie. From what I could tell from, I didn't get to finish it. We we started it. I think we only watched like one or two episodes, but it was fucking good. And I remember thinking, oh, this is like, I think this is more along the lines of what Alan Moore had a vision of. Because the movies were shit, and he fucking hates them, and he didn't he didn't want anything to do with them. But anyways, Neil Gaiman, this dude, man, the 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 names I think are very important that he chose. But uh, Morpheus says in the beginning, he goes, you know, in the waking world, nightmares thrive, dreams don't do so well. Think about that. Nightmares thrive. I was like, oh shit. It's these little lines throughout the movie, throughout the series. I'm like, oh man, that's deep. That's dope. And this idea, too, you know, that these endless are there to support mankind, you know, so dream. The nightmare, even nightmares, they're there to show humans their fears, I think, because fear can also inspire or possibly, um, well, inspire people. The dreams and the nightmares both inspire people to become better, and that's the point. In the show... You know what I really like about shows too is when they uh, flesh out the villains. When the villains, when you get to know them and you go, wow, they're not just like this fucking bad guy just trying to kill everybody. Like they actually have a deeper meaning. Like, you know, they, they you know, at the, again, spoilers. I mean, the Corinthian, he's this nightmare. He has no eyes. He has like teeth for eyes. So he's always wearing these glasses. He's creepy as fuck too. Just from the get go. He's like, oh man, he plays it good. You know, the acting in this show, really good. I'm very impressed. And we're at a point now with CGI where, oh my God, everything looks so fucking amazing. And like, it was, it was scary. And so yeah, the Corinthian, he like eats people's eyes. And now he is a nightmare. And when Morpheus gets captured, all the arcana, all the beings in the dream realm, they could just leave. Now they're no longer bound by like their their king, you know, and they, they, they walk off and, you know, they don't stay. Uh, and these nightmare, some of these nightmares, they go into the waking world. And they start like, you know, so the Corinthian, he's like feasting off humans. But yet he has like a reason for it. Like before, you know, at the end, it's like, you know, he, he, he wanted to see what it was like to live amongst humans. And he wanted to feel like what they felt. And, and I don't think I'm giving justice to, uh, to, to what he 
what his story was but like you know before before he gets it before like his big you know he he has like his explanation of what he was doing and you know he is it was good you know i liked how i was like oh man and too like you know he he's selfish he wants to uh he he wants to live he just wants to exist he knows that when he gets caught by Morpheus, Morpheus is going to most likely uh, uh, end his existence. But he uses this then to uh, also, so there's this vortex and he uses this to kind of like, you know, he knows too that Morpheus is going to kill the vortex, the, the dream vortex, right? And, you know, it's it's good. I really liked it. There's this. Uh, there's an episode. There's a couple episodes too. Uh, I want to get into. Uh, there's one that's at the diner. I think it's like called Twenty Four Seven. All right, hold up. Let's see you gadget. So at the diner. Now at this point in the series. Um. So Morpheus. You know he's captured by this guy Roderick Burgess. And this guy, Roderick Burgess, is a bad guy, and he, like, you know, he's he's this source. Oh, the manger. The manger? Does he call him the manger? That doesn't make sense. The, uh, what is a manger? No. What the fuck's he call him? Anyways. This guy captures uh, Morpheus, the Dream King, and he keeps him in a fucking glass ball for, like, over 100 years. And then uh, he stole his helmet. He called it a helm, and I didn't realize forever. I was like, wow, he stole his helm. What's a helm? Helm is just short for helmet, apparently. <laughs> and I was like, oh, stupid. So he stole his helm. He stole his um, ruby. He stole his sand. And the ruby apparently, like, makes dreams come true or, like, allows, like, you know, you to, like, kind of control people. So Roderick Burgess's son actually did some shit where he does some magic and he learns how to like uh, make the ruby his. And it's interesting. So he's using it in like so he, Roderick Burgess, this his son, I don't know what his name is, but let's call him uh, RBJ. <laughs> RBJ. Uh, he's actually, it's funny too, because I thought, oh wow, he's going to be the big villain. This is where this show took so many turns. I was like, oh man, this guy's going to be the big villain, huh? I actually thought it was going to be his mom at first even too, right? And actually I thought it was the dad at first, right? And the dad actually is the guy that's uh, from Game of Thrones. It's the Lannister, like the, uh, you know, the Lannister's dad, who's an amazing actor. Like you hate him, like, and he's so good at being a villain, you know, he's so good in it. He was great in Game of Thrones, and he's really good in this show. And I thought it was going to be him, and, but then like his his woman, his, you know, he's uh, his his wife. She not his wife. It's like some young girl he's sleeping with. She ends up stealing this shit. She steals the uh, um, dreams helm, sand, and fucking ruby, and she runs away. And she's able to use these things to, like, keep herself young and to obtain power. And apparently, her son, uh, she's keeping locked up in, like, a prison. Like, a fucking, it's weird. Like, like a like it looks like a mental prison type of thing. And, like, but now she knows that Morpheus is free and he's coming for her. And specifically her son. So... You know, she she wants her she she's trying to tell ask her son where's the ruby because this guy's coming for you, but the son can't the son can't handle it and he's like older even right but like you know he's in his like fifties or sixties maybe I don't know, and he's like, you know you always lied to me you've lied to me my whole life that's all you've ever done is lie to me like how can I how can I trust you kind of thing, it's all she does is lie to him so his. His hang-up, once he gets the ruby, is he wants the world where everybody tells the truth. So in the diner, it's a fucking crazy-ass episode. Like, he's using this ruby to get to make just everybody in the diner start telling the truth. 
you know, you got this. So it's following this woman. She's uh, she, the the main waitress, and she's being really nice to everybody. And she has like books she wants to write, and like, you know, she's she's trying to write stories, and like, you know, uh, she's really nice to the. She you could tell she likes the uh, the the chef or the 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 cook or whoever the guy, this guy, and there's a there's this woman that comes in that's a regular and uh she her her girlfriend left her the night before and you know what the waitress in her heart thinks that you know that that girl's girlfriend isn't good enough for you know and that she she shouldn't be with her but she's not going to tell her that because that's rude you know and then like there's a there's a couple that comes in and uh they're like it's good <laughs> the couple is a black man and an Asian woman, which is interesting because that's like black men and Asian women, I think, are the most least likely couples, I believe, as far as like races go. It could be the other way around, but I'm pretty sure that couple, that, 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 that combination. So it's interesting because they're like rich. Well, they're not rich, but they're like executives and, you know, everybody's basically putting... Uh, you know, she, the, the, the woman is like a CEO and the guy is like, he works for her and, you know, there's this whole scene like where he, you know, it's their anniversary and the guy's like, ha maybe I get the triple decker with bacon, huh? And she, and they're like, whoa, ha ha ha. The, the wife is like, yeah, okay, but you're on your diet, you know? And like. You know how long you know you you know about how important it is to be disciplined and and he's like and you know the they're all kind of hey, and the, you know and the the waitress is like so what's it gonna be and she he's like I'll do the salad and she's like oh I apply to your discipline and you know they smile at one another and it goes through this whole like you know you see how everybody's lying to one another. So RBJ, he doesn't like that. He's like, so he starts using the ruby to make everybody start telling the truth. And so now they all start telling their truths and it's fucking wild. <laughs> it was super crazy. Because like the, um, the fucking line cook guy who the, uh, the waitress kind of wants to hook up with. She's like, hey. So she tells him her truth. Like, you know, maybe when you, you come over and when you, after you eat dinner with us, maybe you come up to my room and he's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And he goes, well, I don't want to do that because when you pass out, I actually go to your son's room. And it's like, oh my God, at least, you know, his son, her son is like in his twenties. So it's not like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this guy's like a fucking pedophile. And like, granted you know, there's years between them. So maybe anyways, it's like, what the fuck? And she's like, what? And then she goes to, uh, tell the, 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 the girl about her girlfriend that, you know, that she's shit. And she's like, what? Fuck you. And she's all mad. And then the, um, the couple, the black dude and the Asian guy, the Asian woman, they start like, you know, Oh, she bring the waitress brings out the double, the triple decker or whatever. Cause that, you know, she, she accidentally brings that out and she doesn't remember like, was this what you ordered? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it is. And he starts eating it. And the fucking wife is fucking livid. She's pissed. She's looking at him. She's all mad. And there's another guy who's actually apparently trying to apply to the, to their company. So now this guy comes over and, uh, he's, he's doing an interview with the woman the black dude's all mad. He goes to the back. He starts, he starts hooking up with the with the with the line chef dude. The fucking the, the girl starts hooking up with the with the with the waitress eventually, and the fucking this new guy's hooking up with this woman. And so, RBJ, he's liking it. He's like he he goes to the back. He's grabbing ice cream. He's just kind of chilling, and like you know, then they start to realize like this is all this dude's fault. What the fuck? What are you doing? What did you do to us? Like, how did what's what's going on here? And he tells them, you know, this is 
isn't this better? Like, this is an honest world. You guys are all telling your truth now. This is what you should have been doing, you know? <sighs> Dream comes in. And he tells this dude, you're wrong. That's not their truth. He goes, you took their dreams away. He says, you know, the the black dude, you know, he doesn't want to be like, so apparently because the, you know, and here's a stereotype too, right? Because, you know, they, they, the, apparently he's hooking up with, with uh, all kinds of, of other women and apparently men too when he can because the wife is too controlling, you know? And so, but he's like trying to prove like his dream, like he's trying to prove that he's not like his father. So that's why he's so disciplined and he tries and he stays with her and like, you know, he tries to eat the way he does. And I guess, uh, the Asian woman is trying to prove that like her dream is that she can run a successful business and, you know, this keeps her honest and on a certain path. And granted, here it is that, you know, as it is already, for sure, these people are all flawed and they have in their heart this kind of wickedness, but they don't really, like, act on it all the time. Like, there's this idea that, you know, so, so for instance, the waitress, like, her dream is, like, to tell stories that will inspire people and, like, you know, help, like, you know, she it's like this idea that, like, dreams push people inspire people to be a better part of themselves to not like, you know, so that the, you know, RBJ saw that they were lying or thought that they were all lying. They weren't being honest, but Morpheus is like, no, like, you know, you took away their dreams and this is what they've devolved into. But with their dreams, like, you know, it keeps them on a path of trying to obtain a higher better self trying to grow trying to not be shitty basically it was really interesting i thought wow i thought that was really good i really liked that episode uh really good episode uh, uh again this whole show i think is really good this idea too you know for me movies that make you go oh you know, or make you go, oh, what the fuck? Like, you know, that really like, you know, sting you. You know, I always like to use Requiem for a Dream as a as an example. That movie like really sticks with you in the pit of your stomach. And because of that, I think to myself, that's an amazing movie. Like, when you could do that, like that's fucking really, really smart. To be able to fucking use a camera, imagine. None of that sh none of this shit has actually happened. You know what I mean? Like everything we watched is just you know, people acting and it's the uh it's the scenes, it's the music, it's the setting, it's the the you know, all of it, right? Like it's just what a man can show you through perspective. It's fucking I find that amazing. I said that because the episode where Dream goes to see his sister Death. Oh my god. Super sad. So fucking sad. Uh, because, you know. Here's this. It's interesting too. I thought maybe she was Destiny. You know. Again, this is what I'm saying. Like with this show, it like catches you off guard, right? He's talking with his sister and she's like, she's this black woman and she's really fucking bubbly and she's really happy. She's wearing the, uh, the onk on her, on her, around her neck. And I'm thinking, and you know, there's this guy that's like, you know, playing soccer, young guy. And like, you know, they walk off and she tells him like, I'll be seeing you sooner than you think. And he goes, oh man, he's all excited or whatever. And she's walking off and dream is going with her as she goes to do her duties. And it's fucking, it's wild. She goes like. So, for instance, like, you know, she she walks up on uh, on this. The first one is not so bad, right? She walks up on this older man and uh, 
he sees her and he goes oh my god he goes it's time huh he goes i want to say something else to my wife or whatever and she goes i'm sorry like you know it's it's your time you know and she's just she's she 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 reaches out to him and she holds his hand and she walks him away right i'm like you know that's it like you know it's it's over you know and she does this continuously and like every time she's really she you know she you know there's another one oh man it's uh you know there's a uh, guy on his uh, honeymoon and uh she walks up on this guy and they're on the shore and he's like do i know you and she's like yeah she goes no she goes you know but i'm you know i'm here for you it's like you know it's your time it's over it's it's better than what i'm saying i don't know it's not exactly what what she says but you know the guy again this guy too like oh no let me let me tell my i i got i got to tell my wife we're like my you know we're on vacation and like you know i have everything and like she's not going to know like where to like or we're on our honeymoon and she's not going to she's not going to know where the keys are for this or where what the number for this she goes i'm sorry like you know and she smiles at him she holds his hand uh and then what you see is like he's not on the shore at all everybody's starting to freak out uh somebody is in the um he's drowning in the water and he's looking back as she 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 holds his hand and she walks off with him yeah i'm 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 starting to (laughs) it's amazing man like art you know they make you they you know when it Here's the thing, too, about emotions real quick. You know, it's cool to cry. All right, bro. <laughs> it's totally cool to to cry. Uh, I'm going to hold it back for the sake of, you know, it's funny that we do this, too. How we hold our tears back because we don't want to offend people. We don't want to hurt people. Isn't that weird? Like, you know, emotions are something like, you know, we apologize for, like crying. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, and... I, personally if you're around me i i cry with me like i don't mind i'm not going to take you out of your emotion i'm not going to give you any and this is stuff i've heard from uh ther- from therapists or psychiatrists psychologists you know i listen to a lot of different people and they you know they talk about like or people on grief where they say you know when you give somebody a tissue you're silently t- taking them out of their emotions you're silently telling them to stop when you should just kind of be there with them, just allow them to cry. Crying is a good thing. Crying isn't, you know, all emotions are valid. You know, they all have a time and place. All of them. We're human. We, it's beautiful to be able to go through these emotions. I know men who have successfully been able to take that out of themselves, not cry. You know, if you go back to the, um, the nasal breathing, uh, podcast, right is it the nasal breathing one i think so but um you know grief counselors uh they see people and they realize that you know that what they, this man never it was able to do was cry over the death of his brother you know he's he's workaholic went to the funeral next day back at work and you know it fucking ate away at him like because when you try to lock these things away in your mind, they always try to keep bubbling up and then you keep trying to stuff them down and it's bad for your, it's bad, you know, I'm going to say it's bad for your soul, but literally it is physically bad for you. Like you, 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 you are fucked up in the head and I, you know, I'm not, I, I didn't mean to get into this, but like, it's not good fucking cry make sure you grieve at the proper time at the you know when you should grieve like grieving isn't you know again these emotions just like what this show is saying about despair death destiny dream desire like they serve us you know what i mean so oh my god she goes back and she sees the soccer guy and like you know he sees her and he's like whoa isn't that crazy like i almost got hit by that car and she's like you know she goes and she takes him 
Oh my god. <sighs> There's a uh I'll save that one, you know. There's one other one too, and it's like it's heavy, man. It's heavy. It's like, no, you got to be fucking kidding me. No, like don't don't go into this room. You got to be kidding me. Don't go into this room. You know? Ah, oh, man. But um what she tells Dream is that, you know, I used to think I had the worst the worst uh assignment of all my siblings, you know? But then I realized, like, you know, I actually have the best. Like, I get to be with them as they go, like, as they transition. And she goes, you know, all they need when they transition is a smiling face, a warm embrace, you know. And that's what she does every time. She, like, you know, she takes their hand. She smiles with them. She gives them comfort, you know. It's fucking good, man. I, I really liked it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, as we get to the end even, right? Which is setting up a second season. I can see. Um, again, you know, episode 10, you think it's an 11-episode series. Literally in episode 10, I'm like, it's over, right? Like, I mean, this is this whole time we were like, you know, concerned with the Corinthian and the dream vortex ended up coming in. And it's like, you know, he dream ends up like, you know, fucking, uh, you know, again, what I like too is, you know, I thought from watching it at first, I thought, you know, in the very beginning, I thought, oh, man, great look, you know, like, like, you know, you know what I said earlier about like the way they portray certain characters, you know, when Dream ends up getting uh, kidnapped or, you know, imprisoned people, there's a sleepy sickness that 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 takes over the world. People like don't uh, wake up, you know, people are are, you know, people aren't having the same dreams like people can't wake up anymore. They call it the sleepy sickness. And the only person, though, that they show with the sleepy sickness is a black family and this black girl. And I was like, look at that. The only people they show is they can't, they're sleeping and, like, you know, it's black people or whatever. And I was just thinking, like, you know, just what is that? Well, you know, just the, that's the kind of – I was like, what is this? You know, but that woman actually ends up waking up. She ends up giving birth to the vortex. But she should have been the vortex and, you know, she actually ends up like sacrificing herself for her for her granddaughter and like her granddaughter can live. And like it's 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 very nice. Lucien too, the, the librarian. Right. You know, again, there's a point where like Morpheus, you know, Lucien is this black woman and she she's running the dream realm as as Morpheus is gone and. Morpheus is this white guy. He's the dream king, right? But, like, you know, and then he, like, doesn't listen to her. And he tells her she's just a librarian. He tells her to go back and all these things. But then, like, he changes and he sees that he was wrong and that he needs Lucien. I, I liked it. It's a good show, man. It, 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 You know, so episode 10, I thought, what the fuck? Where else are we going to go? Real crazy. And episode 11 starts out with the CGI cats. And oh my god, these cats, man, they fuck again, man. They got me. You know, these cats, they're like, look, you know, uh, it, it, this one cat is talking to this other little baby cat and it's telling him how, like, you know, you could, you know, tonight, like, we need you, like, come out, like, and hear this other cat speak. You know, and the, the, the cat inside the house is like, I don't know how to get out. And it's like, no, 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 go upstairs. There's, like, a little opening. You could, like, make it out of there. So it's kind of cool, like, you know, you see this cat, like, crawl up, and it, like, goes outside this little window, and, you know, it goes with this other cat to see this other Siamese cat, and this Siamese is talking about how, like, it thought, you know, wow, I thought humans served us, like, wow, like, look at, look at the life I have, you know, it was talking about, you know, just, it had these two humans, and, like, you know, all it did was, you know, pamper her, you know, totally pampered her, right? And then one day she found a uh, uh, a cat, and she was a boy, and she was like love struck with this cat. 
you know, he had sharp teeth and sharp claws and she, it really spoke to her. And like, you know, they, they had four kittens, but the humans, you know, the, the man, you know, he's like, he's like, what the hell? She's like a purebred Siamese. And that was like a fucking, an alley cat. And now look, she's got like these four, these four fucking cat kittens and they're worth nothing. Like, you know. So he takes her kittens. It's fucking horrible, man. He takes her kittens in a fucking sack and he fucking puts a brick in them and he fucking throws them in the river, man. And like, you know, the, the, the Siamese is like, man. And from that day, like I knew like, wow, I've been so lied to. Like they don't like, they don't serve us. Like we're subservient to them. Like, you know, what, what is this? Like, what is this world? And it's crazy. She like goes into like the dream world, kind of, I guess. I don't know. She like goes to see the king of cats and the king of cats tells her that, you know, once it wasn't like this, it's really interesting. She goes, you know, once cats ruled the world, we were larger, we were bigger than humans. Like we, you know, we lived with the humans, but like we played with them. Like they were like our, uh, like our chew toys, like and why I thought this was super interesting was because I thought of, like, oh, that's crazy, man. You know, like, you hear that, like, Egyptians and shit, like, worshipped cats, right? That's what I like. Like, you know, when you just, like, kind of, like, meld, like, these, you know, you know what I don't like? That's that shit I don't like. When people act like fucking, uh, everything that you know or is known is the shit that National Geographic is telling you or that fucking the History Channel told you, Right. You know, like pyramids, right? Like, oh, yeah, pyramids. Bunch of fucking slaves in the desert fucking took rocks this size so they, they could make a fucking funeral home. Basically, so they could make a funeral for fucking Pharaoh, right? Like that. And then that's it. That's it, you know? Yeah, they've survived thousands of years. We don't even really know how they were made, right? But they've survived thousands of years. Think about that. Thousands of years time, like the Sears Tower will be knocked down, you know, fucking the World Trade Center. Look, look at all these fucking buildings. Thousand years hence from now, like I get. Can you imagine? Honestly, sit there and think to yourself, 10,000 years, you think the Burj Khalifa is going to be standing? Oh, OK, they made it earthquake proof and fucking, you know, like you think it's come on, man. You think somebody ever is going to look at that shit like that, you know, that. Was that shit made to align with certain stars and certain symbols? Like, nah, man. Like, it's... There's other shit going on. And I... I so... Um, the cats... I thought was really interesting. Because then what the king of cats told this kid, this Siamese, was that, you know... What happened, though, was that the humans started dream... They had a dream... They started saying, like, we don't want this to happen to us anymore. Like, we don't want to be, like, the, the prey of cats. And, like, you know, let's start dreaming of a different world. And if we could get a thousand people, if we could get thousands of people to dream of a different world, we can make it happen. So they, they started dreaming of a different world. And then, like, apparently, you know, cats became small and humans became big. So now this Siamese is, like fucking out there going around the world trying to get cats to believe this dream like believe in this dream that i've had like let's all start dreaming again that cats will rerule the world and it's fucking interesting i was like oh shit you know again this play of dreams and like you know how it can push forward not even an individual but like a whole species like how like a a, a sharing a shared dream very interesting, right? Very interesting, right? Conspiring together, breathing in with each other. Literally, the words con and spire, like, you know, with breath, like in taking in breath together, dreaming together to make a better world. Fucking good, man. And then in this last episode also, again, magic, fucking you have this guy, Erasmus Fry, 
he's a writer, fucking world-renowned writer, really good writer. He has all this fucking, you know, power and wealth. And again, though, he learned something from ancient texts. Let me say something about these ancient texts real quick, too. You know, the Vatican has a library and, you know, I'm not going to get okay. the Vatican and their library, right? They have texts in there that, you know, first of all, not anybody can just be in there. You ha- you have to be like very, very special. You have to be some type of member of the church as it is, but like a high ranking type of like person within. And then if you want to go in there, you can only search for things if you know what it is you're searching for. If you don't know what you're searching for, you can't just go in there and look around. Imagine the things that they have in there, right? You know, when they came across indigenous people, like in all these various uh, native lands around the world, people had things like there were people that had, they had texts, they had things that were written sometimes on stone or sometimes not maybe in like, you know, book form, but they had stuff. They took this shit and they brought it back to the Pope. You know, the Pope was the guy that was fucking running these fucking, you know, he, he gave people the fucking okay to go to all these countries and Christianize them, right? Anyways, there's some shit out there that we don't fucking understand, all right, motherfuckers? <laughs> and I might not be doing, the, the, you know, this is off top, things that I've remembered about this shit where I, you know, when I hear shit that I fucking find wild, I go, what? And I... You know, I just hold it in there that, oh, I don't know what to do with that now. But anyways, so these ancient texts, this guy fucking captures a muse, one of the muses, the, 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 the youngest of the nine muses, one of the daughters of Zeus. And she is now bound by law to serve him. And he abuses her. To, for her to give him inspiration so that he could write books. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And then he gives her off to somebody else because this guy gave her. So then there's this other writer. He's having problems with ideas. He's fucking struggling. He can't. These fucking white dudes too. It fucking bothered the fuck out of me because he got this white guy. He fucking imprisoned this muse just to use her for like his own fucking selfish purpose. Like, and then the muse, she's like, what the fuck you said? Like after, before you die, you set me free. So she's had him for like 60 years and he's just, and he's locked her away in his room, in his house somewhere. And, um, yeah, it's fucking wild. So then he gives her to this other fucking dude, this other white dude who fucking is having a writer's block and he can't, make his sequel to his fucking debut novel that was awesome or whatever. So he's at first like nice to, he's kind of nice to her, but then he like, you know, the other guy told him, Erasmus told this dude, Brick, that, hey man, like sometimes, like you just gotta fucking, I just beat it out, like I just take it out of her. So like, you know, he goes up there, he's all pissed off because, and, and, you know, some shit, he's, the pressure's building up. This guy has a fucking amazing house. He has a fucking professor professorship job. He's he's, but apparently like he's been used. He used all his advance money and shit. And now like his agents telling him, look, you're gonna you have to give all the advance money back. We need something. You're nine months overdue. So he goes upstairs. He comes back and he's now fucking typing like crazy. And he's got like a scratch under his eye, right? So he started fucking abusing her. So she'd give him inspiration, right? She tells him. Calipi, the muse, she tells him, like, let me go and just, like, pray to me like all the other men do, and I'll give you inspiration. Like, that's how it works. Like, you know, men want inspiration, and the muses come to them of our free will. Like, that's, like, a relationship we have with them. Really fucking interesting. I fucking like these ideas, man. You know, that it's like, you know, these ideas that, wow, bringing together, like, you know, this, it, it's, it's just an interesting idea. All right, I fucking I, I dig this fucking uh, series. So now this guy Rick is abusing the fucking muse, and he's getting what he wants, and 
he tells her too, I just want one, one inspiration, but now it's fucking, of course, you know, he's fucking liking it and he's all, he's all impressive. It's funny. So he's having like a uh, party at his house for this book now that she's inspired. That's amazing. People are talking about it. Like, wow, how could he, how could he possibly speak from a woman's point of view? Wow. He transcended the genre. I've never seen this shortlisted before. Like so amazing. Like the tech, blah, 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 blah. And he's having this at his house, right? And uh, it's funny. My wife is like, oh, that's crazy. He's having like this shit like at his house, like this party or whatever. And uh, I was like, yeah, like isn't that wild? Like that's what rich people do. <laughs> like they have homes. Like they don't go, they don't rent out the fucking bowling alley. They don't go like, you know, they don't go to the fucking uh you know they they don't go to the lodge down the street like they don't they don't no fuck that they're not in public like they have their own home that's fat as fuck you know they have people over they hire fucking servants and shit right or they already have you know they, they they have it all catered there and then people walk around and they see the artifacts of things that they've bought and collected and the art that they have right it reminded me of this one time joe rogan was talking about Naomi Campbell I think it was Naomi Campbell uh, she's a model right yeah I think it was her uh, 50th birthday party fucking wild he was talking about how it was him and I believe Dave Chappelle and they were going to her uh, you know as they're first of all you took like a fucking elevator like a like a tram kind of I imagine like a monorail but like slower kind of like going up to her house like you know so wherever they fucking park and then like, you know, it's fucking and they probably didn't park, you know, you bring your car and somebody's parking it for you. And now like you're taking a tram up to their house. And he said when he came into her house, she had for her 50th birthday party, bro. She had a fucking life, a larger than life size portrait of her naked. And, and, you know, just anyways, just rich people. <laughs> They're doing shit different. And these people should not be fucking worshipped the way people worship them in this fucking culture and society. Pitting us against each other. And then we all think that we're all going to be like them. Fuck them. You know. Anyways. So the muse, I thought it was really interesting. This idea of like, again, the magic idea capturing fucking, you know, Cause she's an endless too. So she's, you know, she's existed thousands of years and she exists again in like another, like, uh, another realm, like, you know, but yet somehow through something, you know, humans are able to somehow like lure them or capture them or, you know, do something. Right. And again, there's people out there that believe in black magic. You know, there's people out there using, I shouldn't say black magic, but they're out there, they're using magic. All right. There's things out there that we don't understand. And, you know, again, propaganda, they're using the fucking movies to show us the shit that I believe can happen is possible. And yet, because everybody tells their kids, movies are just fake. They're not real. Even though we all watch movies that follow exactly storylines that happen in reality we watch things that are true like based on true stories even and a lot of things are inspired by true stories and to think you know again i have this book life after life right uh it's this guy raymond moody i believe it's a it's a doctor who's documenting uh near-death experiences i never knew that near-death experiences like, like people actually like envision them, you know, people like that, 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 that passing of the fucking shit in front of their eyes, like their life passing in front of their eyes, like, you know, going across a fucking, uh, river, like to the, to the other side, like transitioning, seeing this bright light going to that, all that shit is what people experienced that were clinically dead and then came back to life somehow. So, you know, those, those portrayals of things in movies there's something deeper to them i think this show i believe was really 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 fucking entertaining uh 
sorry if you didn't watch and then I just spoiled a bunch of it for you. It's still worth watching. You should go check it out. I hope you really, really liked this episode. I really just spoke off top. I really, really enjoyed this series and I think I'll do more uh, like this. So please give me five stars. It allows this podcast to be more easily found by people. I realized the other day you got to scroll pretty far down to find the water podcast. So, you know, I got a good amount of people watching. Please, five stars. Please, uh, if any way you could support me, that would be great. I appreciate it. I hope you had a good time here listening to me go off on the show that I I just enjoyed and for the reasons why. Uh, like I say on the YouTube channel, be love and be love, people. <laughs>